How does the Steelers defensive backs coach plan on using the Steelers safeties this season? We'll talk about that and more here on the Locked on Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Let's get into it. You are Locked on Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find the show on your favorite podcasting app and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes, as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making us your first listen every day because we're your team every day here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Make every moment more with by visiting fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. More on that later. Welcome back from the weekend. Happy Juneteenth and happy belated Father's Day to all the fathers out there, especially to my dad, the best dad in the world, Leonard Carter. Uh, thank you for being the man that got me here to where I am today. Let's get into a few things, though. So there's some things that I didn't get to touch upon in OTAs and minicamp because I was saving them because I knew we were going to go through these months where it's long and there's not much new to talk about. But there's always more interesting talk talking points to work our way through with information that we've learned from different people we've talked to. All that to say, we talked to Grady Brown, the Steelers defensive backs coach during minicamp, and he gave us some interesting perspectives here. But one thing, everyone's talked about the new cornerbacks in the room, Joey Porter Jr., Corey Trice, we'll get to them, and Patrick Peterson. We've gotten to them a lot, and we'll continue to get them throughout the offseason. But we want to talk about the safeties on today's episode, because we know Minka Fitzpatrick. My book, best safety in the NFL, doing doing his thing. Demonte Casey was a welcomed addition last year, but they, of course, there's the swapping out of Terrell Edmonds for Keanu Neal. Edmonds now with the Eagles, Keanu Neal coming in. What's that going to be like with Terrell Edmonds being a starter on this team since he was drafted as a rookie in 2018? Well, that was one of the questions. Well, to ask to Grady Brown last week during during minicamp. Here was Steelers defensive backs coach. Grady Brown addressing the Steelers safety position for the upcoming season. It's an awesome, uh, awesome environment to be able to have guys that are versatile, but also guys that can specialize in things that complement each other. Um, Keanu is a big body safety. Obviously, we lost a big body safety in rail. So to bring in a big body safety, it just keeps that combination of, of complementary players going. And we're just excited to build packages and put everybody in the positions where, where they can excel. So one of the things that you get there from that clip when you're talking about Grady, Grady, uh, Grady Brown, about what the Steelers secondary is going to be able to do, my opinion, I, I, I look at how at how he's talking about their big body safeties. For those who want to know, Terrell Edmonds me, wait, wait, measured in at 6'1", 217. Keanu Neal, 6'0", 211. So, you know, Edmonds a little bit longer and, and heavier, but Keanu Neal still a bigger safety compared to those who might be like 5'11", and a little bit shorter and being, you know, relying more on their speed. But part of what I think Ray Brown's poking at here, and we kind of talk about them a little bit later anyways, was how the Steelers have used their safeties over the past several seasons. Terrell Edmonds, despite being kind of a uh, a punching bag for a lot of Steelers fans over the years, did a lot to clean up in the secondary. He was a guy that would erase a lot of problems. You could put him on a wide receiver, a tight end, and a running back, and usually he'd at least create a tight, small passing window that if a quarterback was going to get it to somebody, it was going to be a have to be the perfect pass. Uh, and there were other times he messed up, but – 
there were plenty of times he took away guys and especially other teams' tight ends. And I have a stat for you that's going to help you understand that. If you go back over the last three seasons and you look up on Pro Football Reference, you can look up, you know, what the amount of uh, the amount of points, the amount of fantasy points, and, and certain statistics allowed to different positions by defenses across the league. There's only one team over the last three years in the NFL that has not allowed a, a their opponents over an entire season to score more than five touchdowns passes to their tight ends, and that's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Every other team has at least had a, had a season where they've given up a lot of tight ends, but you go back to 2022, 2021, and 2020, the Steelers don't let tight ends score as much as other teams in the, in the NFL. Now, there's a few other things to go with the statistic because, you know, you look you look at this and there's some, some years where the yards are a little bit up, but also the targets are a little bit, bit up. But a comparison to that would be um, like last year, uh, the Steelers, sure, they gave up 897 uh, receiving yards to, t- to tight ends, and that was just outside. The, uh, I think it was like like the twelfth most in, in in the league that year. Uh, but you compare that to the Chicago Bears, where they gave up uh, the third least that year in five hundred sixty six yards, but they also gave up sixty receptions on eighty seven targets, a high percentage volume, and they gave up six touchdowns. The Steelers gave up uh, eighty five receptions on one hundred and twenty two targets, a much better percent percentage as far as what they allowed. The reason is it's because the steel people were trying to go after the tight ends with the Steelers, and they were able to get yards here and there, but they weren't able to consistently rely on them to get into the end zone and uh, and to finish drives. Um, and that was something that did plague the Steelers uh, when you when you go back to uh, Terrell Edmonds' first and second years in the league. And in fact, they gave up eight touchdown passes to tight ends in 2019 when he was a second-year player. Um, and when you go back to, to, to 28 to 2018, um, it was uh, it was seven touchdown passes. So it was a consistent problem because if you remember, that was when the Steelers were trying to figure out what was life without, without Ryan Shazier going to be like. And because he had played in 2017, and when Ryan Shazier was on the field for the Steelers, they allowed just two touchdown passes to tight ends. That was a that was a a something that was a strength that quickly turned into a weakness that the Steelers were able to flip back to a strength, and then I think that's something that gets overlooked in all the different storylines that happens in the NFL and with the Pittsburgh Steelers. But now you have Terrell Edmonds, who was a an, an important factor in that flipping back the storyline to the positive for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and then being able to limit the tight end position. They didn't take it away, but they limited it compared to how they used to get destroyed by tight ends in, in, in some of those years. And Terrell Edmonds being gone and Keanu Neal replacing him, it's going to be a challenge. Now, Grady Brown feels that the Steelers are in a good position with their versatility. And I think that you you can definitely talk about Mika Fitzpatrick and DeMonte KZ as two guys each who could play deep safety, rotate around, do a lot of different things. It, while Keanu Neal, he can help it with these deep safety roles, but he's more of a closer to the line of scrimmage, big body. He's going to be that big body, as Grady Brown was talking about, who takes up tight ends, who checks them at the line of scrimmage, tries to bump and run them a little bit, helps it with the run a little bit more, maybe comes out more of a dime backer than a, an actual safety in a lot of formations. But I think that's going to be one of the biggest tests this year is can they fit that role can they fit that role as far as getting guys who can take away the tight end position because don't forget another part of what the Steelers 
uh, still need to address, in my opinion, as far as their biggest needs, is off-ball linebackers who can cover in space. I think Cole Holcomb and Landon Roberts are good veterans who can stuff the run and help you in coverage. But they need a guy who's athletic. That's why we've talked about the potential of an Isaiah Simmons trade with the Cardinals, guys like Deion Jones who are in free agency, someone like that to help there. But for now, as the roster is constructed, their best option might be a Keanu Neal, and, and working that into your coverage packages. So that's something that we talked about a lot last year, didn't get to see a whole lot of because of injuries, but that was more three safety packages that the Steelers could roll out. And it sounds like Grady Brown's at least excited for the potential of that happening. We'll talk about that, though, a little bit more with also some words from DeMonte KZ earlier this, this spring about what the Steelers might be doing at safety and what could be new this year on top of Keanu Neal, but also just what they're going to be able to do now that KZ's been in for a little bit and had some time to gel with Minka Fitzpatrick. We'll talk about that here on the Locked on Steelers podcast and, and a, a lot more about this secondary in a minute. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Stick with us. We still got a, a lot, lot to talk about on today's show. But first, before we do anything else, I want to talk to you guys about FanDuel Sportsbook, the number one sportsbook in America. And with Major League Baseball in full swing, there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet that gives you up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. To get a chance to take advantage of that, go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today and you get your no sweat first bet. And this is all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Don't miss your shot at a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets when you join FanDuel today by going to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official partner of Major League Baseball and Major League Baseball's trademarks used with permission. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host Chris Carter. Let's keep it going here on this on, on talking about the safeties for a little bit, because we're, we're gonna. This is the time of the year we get to hyper focus on certain things in certain episodes because I don't have to cover as much news that's happening every day and new things that we're taking in and trying to spit them back out for you. So focusing on the safeties here. Talking about those numbers when it comes to what they were allowed, what the Steelers were allowing for tight ends the last three years versus the years before that. And if you go back and watch the All-22 and the flexibility that Terrell Edmonds and Mike Fitzpatrick gave you, it was a legitimate thing to wonder if Terrell Edmonds being gone would hurt that. Now, I will say this. If you go back and watch the All-22, it was only the second half of the season because Devontae KZ was on injured reserve for half the year. But you saw a lot of flexibility there. And I really do think that if KZ doesn't get hurt in the preseason and that in injury carry over for all that time, I think we would have seen a lot more of the three, the, three, the three safety set formations. I think we would have seen more flexibility because that's what this defense is going to be based in. You have one of the best weapons in a secondary in the NFL and Minka Fitzpatrick, a guy who's going to be able to fake you out in coverages he studies film relentlessly in fact we, we talked about that last week and how you know Kenny Pickett you know kind of relies on watching film with him because he they pick each other's brains and they go over their notes and they see things together Mika Fitzpatrick is a film guru he's he study he studies up and down he know he knows what quarterbacks like that's why he's able to bait guys into certain passes on top of his amazing athleticism and his instincts on the field but when you have a guy like that, a chess piece who can move all, all over the place, you have to create so many different disguises. And to have those disguises, you need to have veterans or players. If they're rookies, they're, they're smart enough. That's fine. But you need to have players 
who can understand those concepts, understand not only what your actual coverage is, but also the disguises that you are setting up. For example, if you're setting up, uh, if you're showing, oh, we're we're in a, a a too high safety look where both the safety both the safeties are lined up deep, and this might signal, okay, too deep safeties. All right, so the middle of the field might be open. Quarterbacks make their preset reads. And then when the ball is snapped, those safeties immediately fly. One goes up high, one goes down low, and it's a it's a uh, it's a deep safety look, which means the middle of the field is covered now, and you're trying to to again confuse the quarterback. You're hoping that your pressure gets to them, that a bad decision comes, and then your safeties and DBs make a play on the ball that way. That's something that Minka Fitzpatrick does very well. That's something that DeMonte KZ does very well. And when we talked to DeMonte KZ about that, he had this to say when we were asking about him and Minka Fitzpatrick and acknowledging that, like, hey, like, they didn't get the chance to have the great chemistry last year because he was missing and there was injuries. And even when he came back, Minka was hurt for the first game or two. So listen to DeMonte KZ talking about not just the Steelers' potential chemistry at safety, but also what Minka Fitzpatrick does to make him so special. Here's DeMonte Casey in the Steelers' locker room uh, earlier in the offseason. How important is flexibility to you guys, especially this year, being able to fulfill different roles in the secondary? I mean, that's every year. So it ain't, you ain't just looking at one position. You're looking at all types of positions on the football field, especially as a DB. So it's going to be new new, new everybody. So it's going to be some new looks out there this year. Not new Minka. What's Not new work? Minka. You got to let Minka be Minka. <laughs> we don't move him too much. You got to just let him be Minka. Yeah, what is the key to to working with him and communicating with him to make sure you guys can maximize what you do? Um, it's, it's, it's actually good. You know, this year was the first time I actually did like a, a um, out of the facility workout with Mika. So I see what, what type of stuff he does. So I see why he's, he's that type of player. So he's really good, um, good leader, you know. So Mika's going to be Mika at the end of the day. How much is that? So Demonte KZ definitely a big part of this equation that we're looking at here and when you're listening to him talk about make fitzpatrick and what he does right and on the things that uh, flexibility is a, a big part of what they need to do every year but i really think that part of what the steelers defense is trying to do with their safeties and the rotation that they're going to be able to offer they're not just going to be helping you confuse against confuse the quarterbacks in the passing game they're also going to be flying up to help against the run game because make fitzpatrick does tackle well he does hit go back and look at some of the hits he put on joe mixon early early in the season opener uh and, and the emphasis that he was bringing demonte kz hits trust me i've seen it um in, in practice and, and in the game keanu neal that's what he's known for is hitting so this is a group that can be physical with guys who who can also play with different with with uh, different specialties in coverage, and I think that that is where this team, this defense, can can provide some tougher problems for teams to solve. Now, again, this also combines with a defense that has Patrick Peterson on the outside. You're probably going to be looking at Levi Wallace and Joey Porter Jr. So you have guys all across the board that you have confidence in in this secondary to be able to hold down the fort, be able to play their roles, make plays in the ball, be a little bit physical, because that's exactly who uh, Joey Porter what Jr. was in college. Levi Wallace isn't afraid to get physical. Pat Peters isn't, isn't afraid to get physical. This is a group that I think is going to be able to kind of kind of get their, get, uh, you know, throw their weight around a little bit, be able to be physical. Now, the trick, as we talked about on the Friday episode last week for Joey Porter Jr., one of the biggest tricks, and Mike Tomlin knows this as well, is – learning how to be physical in the NFL without breaking the rules because the rules are slightly different as far as what DBs are and aren't allowed to do compared to college. So 
those are some of the, the challenges that you get there. But they're welcome challenges to Joey Porter Jr., just as like I think that they're welcome challenges to work all those guys in with what the safeties are going to be trying to do this year as far as uh, as far as how they're going to try to disguise coverages, create new opportunities for turnovers. Because remember, this is a different day in the NFL. And I want to get to how I think this might be a different day for, for the Steelers secondary moving forward. But this is a different day in the NFL where the great Steelers defenses of 2008, 2010, you know, 2005, and you go back and you go through those Steelers defenses, the recent ones, we won't go back to the seventies because that's a completely different era of football. But if you go back to the most recent winning days when the Steelers defense was just unstoppable at times, they won a lot by forcing you to punt. They won a lot by, uh, by just stuffing you so often that it was stifling and that if their offense just scored enough points, they'd win the game. And that's kind of how this team works because that's how the, how bad the offense has been the last few years. But the difference is, is that most of those stops aren't coming from three and outs or punts in those situations. They're coming from turnovers. Steelers led the NFL in interceptions last year. They, before that they led the NFL in sacks for like five straight years in a row. And who knows, maybe T.J. Watt doesn't get hurt last year. Maybe they lead it for six years in a row. But the whole point to me is to create chaos, create the turnovers, while also still being disciplined. And that is a tough thing to balance because when you're looking for that chaos, you're taking wild swings. Troy Polamalu was a guy who, you know, he made a ton of plays in his career. But there were times where sometimes in his studying of opponents and, and figuring out what they like to do, he would study something and he would make a, make an educated guess and it would be off and teams would, would exploit it for it. But it was very, those were very few and far between moments. And that's what made him a great hall of fame. First ballot guy. I think Mika Fitzpatrick has the potential to be a hall of fame guy, maybe even a first ballot hall of fame guy. If he, if, if he keeps on, on the trajectory that he's on, but the Steelers need to put together some winning seasons where they have winning seasons, but they need to put together some, some some really impressive runs here and probably get him at least one ring to, I think, solidify that legacy. But if he keeps up what he's been doing, the multiple interceptions, led the NFL interceptions last year, has been, you know, all pro, first team, all pro safety multiple times. He's going to be in that conversation. And what you do when you have a guy that can be in that conversation in your secondary and at your safety position, you plan around that. That's what Terrell Austin, the defensive coordinator, does. And he was the predecessor to uh, Grady Brown as the the Steelers secondary coach. This is a defense that I think they still emphasize the pass rush. They still want to get after the quarterback because you have to do that to be able to win in today's NFL defensively if you're going to do that. And you still want to stop the run. But at this point, those things have to be given, give, you know, just accepted things that these are going to be regular parts of the Steelers' defense with the way that they are constructed right now. You don't have to worry. You don't have to ask questions about Cam Hayward. You know he's going to do his job. You don't have to ask questions about T.J. Watt and Alex Heisman. You know they're going to do their job. Larry Ogunjobi, I think, will be in that conversation very well as, as well very soon. Um, and then they have depth pieces, but you're confident about those depth pieces. Keanu Benton, DeMarvin Leal, we've gone over this. Marcus Gold in the, the newest edition there. But you're comfortable up front. And the Steelers, I think, in the mid to late 2010s, they were comfortable with the, with upfront guys as well. Because at one point you had Cam Hayward, Stephon Tuitt, Javon Hargrave, T.J. Watt, Bud Dupree, and Ryan Shazier. But the biggest thing that that defense was lacking was a secondary that could disguise well, act well, 
make plays in the football and be aggressive to confuse quarterbacks. And I remember as a person who studied the tape relentlessly in those years, there weren't nearly as many disguises that the Steelers would roll out week by week to try to fool quarterbacks with different things as there are now. And I think a big part of that is because they have the confidence, not just to make it Patrick, but in the, the guys they put in this, in the secondary around him to operate in that manner and to create those moments without make leaving the defense liable to give up big play after big play after big play. And last year they gave up big plays, but that was also a break from the trend of what the Steelers secondary had been doing. And I think part of that might've been, you know, the, the levels of de- desperation they got into when they were, uh, they were struggling without TJ Watt. But again, I really think that when you're Minka Fitzpatrick being the key to create those problems, I think that he gives you so much more flexibility, even than just his own position as far as what he does, what he allows other people to do, I think is a huge key for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I think it also leads to how we could be on the cusp of a new era for Steelers defensive back play. We'll talk about that here on the Locked on Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Back here on the Locked on Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. We continue our show here discussing the Steelers safety positions and what they how they can be uh, more flexible or how they can kind of be on this. Maybe it's the, the new era of a Steelers defensive backfield that we can expect moving forward. Now we know who making this Patrick is. That's not necessarily a new era just to have him. But I think what you're seeing now is the Steelers went and got a Patrick Peterson when they lost Cam Sutton. They drafted Joey Porter Jr. They drafted Corey Trice. They've they've paid Minka Fitzpatrick big money there. They brought in veterans, solid veterans. Demonte KZ, you know, we saw what he did last year for the Steelers. Keanu Neal is a, is a, is a good name in free agency. We still got to see how he'll play for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But if you remember back in the 2010s when the Steelers secondary was just, you know, missed draft pick or you know, cheap free agent signing because that's all they could really afford. They couldn't pour the resources into that position group like they have now. It's a natural part of what we talk about when, you know, when you always hear me say when you're paying for a franchise quarterback, it gets harder to pay for other things. I think it's it's what the Bengals are on the cusp of with Joe Burrow's and Jamar Chase's contracts coming up soon. Now, and it doesn't stop you from paying other big players, but it stops you from having a complete roster if you pay more big players. And that's where I think the Steelers are in a position right now while Kenny Pickett's still on a rookie deal and we're still figuring out who he is for the Steelers long term. But you're in a the Steelers are in a position now where like they can have guys around who give them that flexibility at several different spots. And I really think if they hit on Joey Porter Jr. and, and Corey Trice, you could be looking at a Steelers secondary that's led by our Steelers defense, excuse me, that could be even led by its secondary in some years. Not soon, not like the next two years, because I think T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward, Alex Highsmith, they're going to be around for a, a bit longer. I think that Larry Ogunjobi's got a good home there. Uh, and I also think that DeMarvin Leal and Keanu Benton should not be slept on. There's a lot of pieces up front that I think are really advantageous to what the Steelers are trying to do. But 
if the secondary takes off, Minka Fitzpatrick sticks around, you know, he's a guy that can be around for several more years. Patrick Peterson's probably got one or two more years left. But if Joey Porter Jr. and Corey Trice are the answers on the outside and Devontae KZ continues to be solid, the Steelers can then will, will then have a secondary that can run consistently and create those disguises and build off those disguises. Because one thing is that when you're a defense and you're showing one thing and faking to another, teams will see that and they'll try to adapt to it. And then it becomes the guessing game. When you're forcing quarterbacks to guess more often, you get more chances at those mistakes. That's where I see the Steelers secondary maybe in this over the over the next, let's say, five to eight years potentially being a different group. And I also think it's important to impart on this. And I, and I had this discuss, had a discussion. I commented on this in our YouTube comment section. Someone brought up, because I mentioned uh, on an earlier video in this offseason about the Steelers' reputation for drafting cornerbacks. And he was like, well, wait a second. You know, Mel Blunt, Rod Woodson, this guy, that guy. And I was like, listen, buddy, you don't got to tell me that the Steelers' organization doesn't have a problem drafting cornerbacks. It was just bad luck that they had in the last decade or so. Or I didn't even say cornerbacks. I said defensive backs because he also brought up Troy Polamalu. It wasn't like Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin or or anyone didn't know what a good defensive back was. It was just they had bad luck with when they were going after the position because they were trying to do other things at the same time. And they and sometimes when they did take the swipe at it, it didn't work. Artie Burns, remember, was a pick that they kind of made rashly after William Jackson III was picked just before them by the Bengals. But I look at that and I think that the Steelers, you, you think back to that. I mean, go back to some of those defenses when Cody Sensabaugh was starting on the outside across from Artie Burns and you had Mike Mitchell and Sean Davis as your, as your guys. That's not what the Steelers have now. It's not even close. And this is that's not to disrespect those guys. Those guys did what they could in their times and their NFL athletes. It takes a lot to get to the NFL. I don't besmirch anybody. If you're on the practice squad, you're an amazing athlete in the NFL. To get to get to that to get to that point, but the amazing of the amazing, those are the guys that are stars. I think that's who they might have right now as a team or a group in that secondary. And I also think that again, you know, you want some of these younger guys that you drafted in Porter and Trice to learn from this group. This is there. This is still going to be a a, a rough draft season for these guys. You know, they'll be playing. I will. I think Corey Trice at most will play special teams. And I think Joey Porter Jr. will play a, a quite a good bit. That's why he was drafted where he was drafted by the Steelers. But I also think that this year isn't just about them making plays. It's about them learning the pace that which the Steelers need them to play, to play learning how all the intricacies that are going to go into things. And I, I think with the veteran experience that Patrick Peterson brings, the wisdom that he brings, that the the studying that Minka Fitzpatrick Patrick brings, I think that you have a great mix on top of other guys like Levi Wallace, a solid veteran who could be in the room and help level, level things out. And I think also KZ and Neil are, are two other guys that they have good reputations as solid veterans in in, in the in the uh, as as defensive backs. So I think that this could be a great launching pad chance. For guys like uh, Trice and Porter Jr. to be able to say like, hey, this is the style that we need to play for the rest of our careers if we want to stay here in Pittsburgh. And that's so that when people come to Pittsburgh and they play, they they won't be like, oh, man, the Steelers weakness is their cornerback spot. I'm going to go after that 
it'll be the opposite. They'll want to go away from those guys because they become that much of a problem. But I really do think there's a potential of that with this, with this, it's, it starts with the safeties. I think, you know, having that flexibility, keeping everyone on the same page, it comes up next. Next is the cornerbacks following through with their assignments and getting the job done there. And I think that if all of these pieces, these puzzle pieces come together, you could be looking at a special year for the Steelers defense uh, and a big, and a big part of it being that secondary, which if you go back, Four, five, eight, four years. We you know before the three years where where I was talking about where they didn't give up more than five touchdowns to tight ends um, in any of those seasons. If you just go back four years, that was something that people couldn't fathom here in Pittsburgh. We have a lot more to talk about all week long. We got and we'll be bringing in guests throughout the week. So thank you again for tuning in to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host Chris Carter. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Read my work at the Pittsburgh Post Gazette, post-gazette.com for all of that. You can also check me out on the Locked On Steelers podcast uh, Monday through Friday, every day, giving giving you all my insights on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Maybe you can find this show on your favorite podcasting app and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed it. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily episodes Monday through Friday. And also, if you want to help us out, go on five stars, rate us up with a positive comment. Um, uh, rate, rate us five stars with a positive comment. Do both at the same time. You get a shout out at the end of the show. And a reminder, we still have our campaign to raise money for the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. Uh, if you use the QR code on your screen or go to the link that's uh, attached in the description of this of this podcast episode, you can go to my campaign and you can donate straight to the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation uh, to help us in our, raise, our, our efforts to raise money. And if you call in at 412-223-6644, I will get and leave your name, where you're from, and keep your question under a minute. I will answer your question on air. And if you donate ten dollars to uh, the the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation via the campaign link that I that I provided, then your question is guaranteed to be on air because we get a lot of questions and we don't always get to go through them. Sorry for those who are still on wait lists and probably waiting for those questions to get answered. Uh, we've just been pretty busy here, but who knows? Maybe we'll get to start some of them in the in the next few episodes. Again, I'm your host, Chris Carter. Thanks again for checking us out here on Monday. Again, happy Juneteenth and happy belated Father's Day to all the fathers out there. We'll be back Tuesday with more on your Pittsburgh Steelers right here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. 